This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Alicia Suli. Um, so it might not be as apparent. Like, I did really well in school. I, like, had straight A's until high school. And then my mom's like, well, what's wrong with you now? You know, like, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, but it should have been, like, delved into, like, what did happen? Like, Alicia studies and tries hard. Like, what's going on? So... So people, by the time, if you, if you don't get the diagnosis early, you spend your whole life like being like, damn, like, I keep trying so hard. I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. And you don't know. You don't need to try harder. You need to try differently. That should be your podcast quote right there. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day and are looking forward to this conversation with Alicia where we talk all about her experience with neurodivergence and also also socioeconomic impact on uh, her music therapy career and how that continues to impact our profession as a whole. So obviously these conversations are Uh, important in order to acknowledge the challenges within our profession. But Alicia also is wonderful in that she has ideas and aspirations for how to address some of these issues. So if you are feeling called to reach out to her after hearing this conversation um, to share your ideas or to help her with some of the ones we discuss in this episode, all of her contact information will be in the show notes. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating interview. Those help the podcast be visible to more people looking for this type of content, and I so appreciate you taking the time to do so. You can also support the show by subscribing so you never miss an episode and checking us out on social media. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles. And if you're interested in behind the scenes, sneak peeks, exclusive content, and staying up to date on everything going on over here at Music Therapy Chronicles, you can join our newsletter. You can find that on our website at musictherapychronicles.com. All right, let's get into the second half of my conversation with Alicia. So the uh, poster child for ADHD um, is like that hyperactive little boy bouncing off the walls, right? Mm. Uh, Because of this, ADHD gets missed in girls. So, like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, part of the diagnostic criteria for ADHD included an emotional component because people with ADHD are often 
more sensitive emotionally, sensitive to criticism, sensitive to other people's emotions around them, which I want to say this here, ADHD always like the, the trait always comes with an upside and a downside. Mm. So that was something that I really struggled with when I um, finally came around to accepting that the diagnosis was accurate and applied to me. Because at first I was like, oh, I'm this inferior person with a smaller brain that doesn't work right and has a deficit in neurotransmitters, a deficit, you know, a deficit of attention. Yeah, the language. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so ableist. Mm. Okay, if I might just say that, okay, Um, to like look at somebody's like crappy things that they fail at and be like, well, this defines you, but then not to like acknowledge like the good things. So if you, if you think you have ADHD, like go to a doctor with ADHD because mm. there are psychiatrists that have it and they're the best. Um, and the people, you know, like the professionals with it, they understand this concept uh, or, you know, you'd hope that they do. So anyway, um, yeah. So it comes with the, like, like I'm really sensitive to my clients. So like, I, that's like a big strength of mine. Maybe my number one strength as a music therapist is to like be in that emotion with them because I'm so sensitive. Um, but it's also like then whenever I get a rejection from a proposal that I put in, then I'm like, oh, what did I do wrong? And I'm like overly like ruminative about it. I don't even know if that's a word, but you know, it's like way more than I even should be caring about it. And it affects me as a professional, you know, cause I'm like, I gotta be okay with, you know, people rejecting me. It's mm. just, and I think part of that also is just to, to embrace the ADHD trait of having a million ideas and just go for all of them, you know, yeah. but then, you know, you don't want to go for all of them, all of them, cause then you'll have too many and then you'll be like totally overwhelmed with all the things on your plate. So anyway, so it gets, it gets missed in girls because in girls, Girls, like, have this societal pressure, too, to, like, I don't know, to, like, I don't know. It's just, it's different. We've got a pressure to, like, kind of be perfect. And and girls might be hyperactive internally in their mind, daydreaming. They might be kind of chatty. But it's not as annoying as a little boy that's bouncing all over the walls and bouncing all over the walls. I have a little boy such as this. So I understand this as well. (laughs) Um, So it might not be as a parent. Like I did really well in school. I like had straight A's until high school. And then my mom's like, well, what's wrong with you now? You know, like, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, but it should have been like delved into like, what did Mm. happen? Like Alicia studies and tries hard. Like what's going on? So, so people, by the time, if if you don't get the diagnosis early, you spend your whole life like being like, damn, like. I keep trying so hard. I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard. And you don't know that you don't need to try harder. You need to try differently. Mm. That should be your podcast quote right there. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't need to try harder. You have to try differently. You have to find an accommodation, right? So like there's this thing online called focus mate for ADHD. This is going to sound so ridiculous if you're a neurotypical person, but like if I sit down and I'm like, okay, Alicia, make your to-do list. I'm going to be like, ah, I can't make my to-do list. I just can't do it. If somebody shows up and I'm like, yeah, here's the things I need to do. And I can just sit there and tell that person. Mm. Um, so like <laughs> this focus mate thing, you come, you, you sign up for a time. Um, and, and you, 
this there's this person you don't know and they come on the screen and they might be like in your like special community of people or they might just be a random person that uses the focus mate and um you, you tell each other what your plan is like real quick and then you mute it and you just do your stuff and so in the adhd world it's called body doubling mm-hmm. so this accommodation of body doubling um and it's something I, I need, like, at my house, if I have to, like, declutter my office area, I have to call someone on the phone, like, to declutter. Or, like, if, if you know, I want to pick up the living room or something, I have to, like, get other family members involved in the task. You know, like, it can't be someone just, like, lazing about, like, doing what they want to do. Because then I want to do what they, you know, what I want to do. Because that's what they're doing. And, like, I'm, like, in tune with other people's vibes. But, like, if somebody just comes and, like, sits there and talks to me while I do it, I can do it, you know? Mm. Um, It's so weird. It's so weird. And I know it sounds fake, but it's totally not. I have um, two cousins who are both adult women now and uh, were diagnosed with ADHD or ADD or some combination uh, in their late 20s, early 30s. And one of them had accommodations in school, unaware of this diagnosis, but a diagnosis. But her accommodation growing up was she can clean the room while the teacher is teaching. So she was allowed to, you know, go to the back of the room, tidy up pencils, wipe down surfaces, like do all that. That was her accommodation. But why was she never given a diagnosis? We knew she needed something in order to attend in class. Uh, And my other cousin, we were talking about when she was first diagnosed and she's like, my whole life, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't finish anything. I could never finish anything, could start things, could never finish it. And it's like, well, that's, you know, seems, I don't want to say very obvious, but it seems very obvious in hindsight. Uh, So you're totally right. right. Like, why is this overlooked just because it presents differently? But what does it present differently then? Because our basis is um, (laughs) too finite. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's like, like, um, my kitchen has always just been like kind of disorganized. I didn't know how to put things. It was too overwhelming. Well, recently, finally, my husband was like, he just decided to do it. He just decided to do it and he did it. And now like every day, like the sink is clean, the counter's clean, everything is clean. Cause I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine where things might go. Mm. You know, like that's a problem with ADHD a lot of times. And I love this quote about ADHD. If you've met one person with ADHD, you've met one person with ADHD. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's so different for so many people. Like I I have a friend and like, she's so good at like organizing stuff, but then like cannot do money. I'm very good with money and very responsible with money. Oh my God, stuff. Don't know where to put it. Mm. And like that task finishing thing, that's what made me think of my kitchen because like I will, I will get the dishes washed off and then whatever the last step is, no matter what the last step is, it's physically painful. I can feel this pain in my belly. Like if it's wiping the, the sink out or if there's like this one last dish and I'm just like, I can't do this. So I'm like doing it and I'm like, I can't, this hurts. It hurts. You know, it's like a kid that's going in to get a shot or something. <laughs> so um, a lot of times uh, women that, or I guess maybe this applies to men too, but women with ADHD undiagnosed, like they just have this whole lifetime where they've been really busy the whole time. They felt really overwhelmed, but they don't feel accomplished. Like they've mm. never quite done what they knew they could do. Why? Because you didn't get the medication or you didn't get the 
uh, accommodations that you needed. And I used to be like so anti-medication because um, there's a lot of medic- medications that can cause problems for people. Mm-hmm. There are things that are certainly overprescribed. Um, ADHD medication is not one of them. I have heard so many stories of people that like went their whole life like just failing and like developed this whole complex of anxiety and depression and poor self-worth and then they get on a you know Adderall or Ritalin or Concerta or whatever and they're like oh my god now I can do everything I can just do it why this is so easy you know because it's that deficit in the neurotransmitters and the um, stimulant helps to fix that so I don't know if that could possibly be helpful for anybody. I feel like I've been all over the map. But it all ties in together so well. I was thinking about, and excuse me if this is like a generalization or a very poor assumption, but you were talking about, um, was it a friend or a cousin that you're good with money, she struggles with money, uh, and then she's good Mm -hmm. with organizing physical things and you're that's a challenge for you and it was making me think about your explanation of your socioeconomic upbringing and like how much of that is tied in because if excuse me you grew up with without money and now you're very conscious of that and you also grew up without potentially without a lot of things so you never had to like organize and plan where to put things and so now that's very foreign Oh, no. I mean, I, I grew up in a messy house. We have lots okay. of things, but, like, there actually may be, like, a little bit of a hoarder trait in my mm. family. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's it. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it all interplays. But, yeah. Like, the bottom line is just if you know that you have this, this – I don't know if I want to call it a deficit or a difference, but, you know, you've got a brain difference, you know um, – that causes other things to be exacerbated. And like, I might've never got diagnosed if I didn't have the car accidents. Mm. Like I might've gone my whole life just being like, why can't I ever be on time for work? Like, and you know why I can't be on time for work? Because I always forget like one crucial step of the process. Like I'm walking out the door. Oh my goodness, I don't have a lunch. I'm walking out the door, forgot to feed the dog, walking out the door, you know, whatever, like, has happened. And, (laughs) like, the the organization of time was one of the things that made me realize that, like, this was a legit diagnosis, too. Mm -hmm. Um, There, I listened to this YouTube video. It was called Time Blindness. I used to call it, um, I I used to always say, I feel so time-starved, like I don't have enough time. And nobody understood. And I'm like, why don't you people understand but this time blindness, I watched this YouTube video on it, and um, it's a guy that's not an ADHD haver, but he is a psychiatrist, so he's just always talking about the downside. It's so boring, but mm-hmm. anyway, it's kind of demoralizing, but he's like, yeah, these people have no concept of time. Like, And I'm like, well, I call it a weird relationship with time. That's how I define it. <laughs> but he's like, you know, he just... He helped me understand this. And then after him, I found a podcast that really helped me. And um, yeah, if people, you know, if people want to send me an email or a message about um, the collaborative documentation or collaborative whatever or anything I've talked about today, then that's, that would be quite welcome. 
And um, I also want to say that as a person who grew up using medic medical assistance, it is the bomb. So <laughs> everybody should have it. And um, yeah, we're, we're really doing a disservice to our whole country and not demanding Medicare for all. Mm. Yep. Big, big problems to tackle, but it's also, um, it's good to be around other people who are dreamers with big ideas to know that that they're possible and they're important and um, can help you get there in the way that best serves you. And I also really love how you highlighted that, yes, there are disadvantages societally to being neurodivergent, but there's also so many strengths that come with it that also deserve to be recognized. So, yeah. Right. And if you just Google people that are famous and have ADHD, like they have made very significant contributions to our culture and to like progress. Wait, wait. Hold on, I had another had another quote that I wanted to say. If you um, if you don't if you're not weird, if you're not a little weird, how can you come up with a new idea no one else has ever thought of before? Mm. You have to be a little weird yeah. to do it. And you have to embrace your weirdness. And you have to have the ability to see where there is, I'm gonna use the word deficit but like a deficit in society or a deficit in culture or a problem that needs to be addressed in order, you need to be aware of those things in order to aspire and want to fix them or help. You know, I don't have the authority to diagnose anything, but I'd like to diagnose our culture with compassion deficit disorder. I'm hoping after the past year that that gets fixed a little bit, you know, I'm hoping, it, you know, there was a lot of, I saw a lot of, we're all in this together, being nice to each other, thanking people for, you know, doing their jobs that previously weren't necessarily um, recognized respectfully. So I'm hoping that continues moving forward as a society, we recognize the importance of, uh, that we all play, we all play a role. Yeah. Right. For sure. Do you have anything else you want to dive into before we move into the rapid fire? Oh, no, go ahead. The questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. The first one is coffee or tea? Both. <laughs> Got it. Early bird or night owl? Both. Something you would tell your younger self? Um... Do, just do the thing that you want to do. Just do whatever you want to do. Just do it. Nike. <laughs> Your music therapy elevator speech. I feel totally put on the spot and I can't even think of a single thing that music therapy does. Oh my God, why? Why? You want me to tell you why I ask this? Would that help? Yes. So I like this question because everyone has a different take on what they say, why they say it, and it's they're all valid and they're important. And that's why I like hearing different people's speeches. All right. Here you go. Music is a central piece of the human experience and is processed throughout the entire human brain, even in the most primitive parts. And that gives us access to basically anything somebody needs to accomplish. We can use parallel pathways. We can uh, rebuild or create pathways uh, using music that 
otherwise uh, it would be quite difficult. It's motivational, it's inspiring, um, it's purposeful and fun, and um, it's uh, flexible. Love it, love it, love it. Your favorite self-care practice? Ooh. All right, I'm going to tell you about a trick that I learned. It's it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's kind of a what do you call it? Um, where somebody's just oh well, I'm 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 not following your instructions. I'm I'm making a workaround for myself to not make a decision. My favorite self care practice is to have a good morning, and here's mm -hmm. how you do that. Okay, you want to set your mindset up, and in the evening. Okay, so for me, probably for most people. Exercise is essential, but for my brain to work optimally, I have to get some cardio. I have to get the blood flowing. So I have to do 15 minutes of exercise. Um, and for me to have a positive mindset, and for anybody, you should sit down and do these things, okay? You sit down, you make a list of things you're grateful for, maybe three, maybe five, maybe 10. Um, some people are like, if you're like really down in the dumps, man, just be grateful you have something super basic like water, access to food, a roof over your head. Um, that's, those are the things I, I start with and I truly feel grateful to have clean water and food and a roof over my head and heat, electricity, you know? A lot of people don't have that. Next thing, send love to three people that are bothering you. Alternatively, loving kindness meditation. May you be happy. May you be well, may you be, I don't know, Google it. <laughs> I'm trying to be brief, but you said I don't have to be brief. So here, let me tell you. Yeah. Here's oh, a, you got the book. <laughs> I got, I got the book. Oh yeah. You remember the book. I do. So send a loving kindness uh, meditation. And what I like about the loving kindness meditation is it's, it's for someone, um, the way that I like to do it. It's for somebody that you love. For somebody you're neutral about, which is who? Who are you neutral about? Uh, yourself and somebody that's uh, you you feel negatively toward. Um, you have to send that loving kindness and wishes to all these people. So I usually do a musical version of it, and I'll get like my. I mean, not to myself in the morning, but I do this clinically. Oh, it's supposed to be on page sixteen. But I'll do. I'll make like a little. A song about it. Oh, here it is. Um, basically, may I live in safety, or they, or you know, whatever. May I have mental happiness, peace, joy. May I have physical health. May I live with ease. And then you say these for all of the other categories. You can send it to the whole world. You can send it to everybody equally. You know, to kind of get that feeling of unity and connectiveness. So you've got your gratitude, you've got your um, loving kindness meditation. Uh, then set your intention for the day. Give yourself a good positive affirmation. You know, um, I, I start mine with like a lot of times, I am so happy and grateful that I am worthy of success. Something like that. You know, if I'm like focused on my business that day or like, um, if I'm, if it's one of my days that I spend with my kids, because as a self-employed person, that is like one of my main benefits, right? Make my own schedule kind of, 
until like you like need the money so much that you have to yeah. make that sacrifice. But anyway, um, I'll tell, I'll say, um, for my affirmation, I'll say, I'm a competent mother. I'll say, I'm an awesome mother. I'm a present mother, you know? Um, or you can even say like, I am a better person every day. You know, Google some affirmations that work for you. And to make this easy, here's a little accommodation for people that need it. Uh, write them in your planner ahead of time, do a month mm. at a time, do a weekly planning session where you, you know, get, you know, get, set yourself up for success. If you're not a morning person, and I, I say I'm a morning person because I like to be awake when other people are not. Yes. Um, but in the reality, I am also, I have this ADHD brain that makes me groggy in the morning. So, so it's, it's a challenge to do that 15 minutes of cardio. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I, I have to have a list that I reference. So um, you've got your loving kindness, you got your affirmation, um, your intention for the day, pick three goals that you're going to accomplish that day. You know, you don't want to have like 15 goals because I don't know, maybe some of these NT people can do that, but there's a lot of people that, that that's, a, that's a bit much, you know, so you pick three goals that are attainable and pick goals that you have control over. So like a, a pitfall that I have is uh, I'll sit down and I'll be like, what are my goals? And I'm like, my goal is to have 17 clients per week in three months from now. And then I'm like, that was my goal six months ago. I'm a failure. So you have to be like, my goal is to reach out to 15 referral sources. Mm -hmm. Or my goal is to uh, send out six cold call emails or like make three phone calls. Or you can even have a goal just to write the script for your cold call phone call or just to complete 15 minutes of market research. But if you can set yourself up in the morning, which is tough for moms, okay, uh, especially if you got, you know, I mean, you got kids getting out the door and stuff, like it's a tight deadline. You just got to find some way to wake up early and give yourself some grace because if you don't do this seven days a week, whatever, take it, you know, take a day to sleep in because you got to recharge. Sleep is really important for self-care too. So I kind of cheated there because um, I'm saying to do all these things, but your, your nighttime routine is gonna mirror the morning routine. You can do this when you're laying in bed if you want, or you can, you can sit down quick. It takes like 30 seconds. Write down three things that you accomplished for the day. Mm -hmm. or, um, and, then, and then also think about what you wanna see for the next day. Uh, here's a great quote from some famous person whose name I've forgotten temporarily. <laughs> that quote is, everything happens twice hmm. in your mind and then when it happens. If you don't think it, it cannot come into being. Hmm. So, you know, when you're thinking about what kind of goals and what kind of life you want to have, you know, you have to envision it, like actually feel it. You know, if you're if you're envisioning that you have financial stability or that you have peacefulness, um, it's so much more likely to happen than if you allow yourself to be stuck in a negative rut or a an intentionless rut. You know what I mean? Where you're just doing the basics to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we need more people that are intention, intentional and purposeful. That's another trait of ADHD. A lot of ADHD people are very driven by purpose. Mm. 
driven like a motor by purpose. Which we need more. We need we need more people like that and less people on autopilot. Yeah, right? That's what I'm trying to say here, you know? Good. Awesome. So I might be a little dysfunctional, but I feel like I have a lot to contribute to the world. And I certainly hope that my clients feel the same way because I aim to impress. You do. <laughs> You, uh, I always appreciate talking with you because I learn so much and you present lots of thought-provoking ideas and, um, yeah, I just, I always learn. I always learn when we, when we talk and I, I appreciate that so oh, much about you. Awesome. Thank you. I learn a lot from you too. Thank <laughs> you for doing this podcast. Thanks. Thanks. I, uh, it's fun. It's fun to hear, hear about people's lives and experiences. All right. The next question is, uh, what's something that's currently adding value to your life? I think I have to say my children, um, because in a few ways, um, like the unconditional love is very healing for my childhood trauma and disconnection, you know, that I experienced as a child. Um, like the reward of giving love and giving compassion and growing in patience and self-control because, you know, it really forces you to hold yourself to a higher standard in every way Um, because you got to be that calm person that is not critical of somebody, you know, that calm person that's not reactive uh, because you you want your children to grow up being self-assured and, you know, being... um, centered and grounded in their self-worth um and like when i was pregnant with my first baby i was just thinking oh just please be kind like if you're nothing else you can be stupid or you know like whatever whatever you want to be because a lot of people are like oh i want my baby to be so smart and like so this or that and like so rich and successful whatever just be a nice person please just be nice and he is kind and thoughtful and happy and he's also very assertive so so um, I think that adds value to my life. But I, I mean, I'm sorry that I can't ever just choose one thing. I do this when I order food, by the way, too. I always choose two entrees if, if there's two things. Totally that I, fine I, with I me. I just can't choose. But um, anyway, the other thing um, I am so grateful for is when this profession goes right. And I get that moment with the client. You know what I'm talking about where you're in the music and like you're just in the flow and positive psychology. They call it the flow state. That's ultimate flow state, ultimate connectedness, something also the ADHD brain is seeking is connection, right? Mm. A lot of people seek connection, but particularly us folks that are like a little, uh, you know, cluttered up there, (laughs) cluttered upstairs. But, um, Yeah, I think that that's like the ultimate reward or those moments being in the music with the client and helping them. And I don't think that it's a bad thing to say that um, we gain as much as we give as therapists. Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah, it's uh, when it goes right, it goes so right. You know, it's so exhausting, but it's like so worth it as long as you can avoid burnout. It's a balance. It's all a balancing act. It's a balance. Yes. Yep. What is your favorite intervention or song to use in a session? <laughs> oh, this is my current favorite song to use. Uh, Harry Belafonte 
It's known as Deo, but it's got a different name. Um, you know the one. What's it called? If you just type in Deo, it should come out. I'll link it in the show notes for people. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Yeah, that one is just, it's dynamite. Love it, love it, love it. All right, the last question is, um, where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Oh, you can connect with me on my Facebook page. It's my name, Alicia Suley. You can, can email me. Well, Facebook's a good way. I'm on Instagram somewhere. I'm on Clubhouse. Clubhouse? Are you guys on the Clubhouse? No, I haven't uh, looked into the Clubhouse. Clubhouse, I find, I'm not sure that I like it yet. A little agitating for me because it's so uh, I, I don't know maybe it's because I don't know how to use it because I'm like super old yeah so <laughs> old let me tell you I just feel that way because I'm like technology uh, how do I use this well it's because it's rapidly changing can't keep up with all <laughs> exactly, of it right right uh so um anyways I'm on the clubhouse I'm trying to decide if I like it or not I feel like it just it's so cluttered for my for my brain and um I also like, I really gravitate towards when somebody's speaking. This is why, I, here, here's the dumb reason I avoided being on your podcast for so long. Because I'm impatient when people are not the expert in something. And I was like, what do I possibly have to contribute to people? I'm not the expert on anything. Like, I'm like on my way to being the expert in a number of things. But like, I'm not done yet. I'm still, I'm still in pros- progress. And um, I guess I'll have to give myself the grace of knowing that I will be in progress for my whole life. And you will so always I'm... be the expert of your own experience. Well, I don't know. See, now for my brain, it's not always true. Oh, okay. I don't remember a lot of autobiographical information. <laughs> All right. You know, like my husband will be like, yeah, you don't remember when we went to that concert? And I'm like, how could I forget that? And he's like, here's this photo of us enjoying this concert. And I'm like, What? This is, was that a dream? Like, I thought that was a dream that I had. Goodness. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, can I link Bloomsburg Music Therapy too? Or would you prefer to leave that out? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think right. about that. All right. You think cool. about that. Well, I will link all the resources you mentioned and so people can find you on social media and this will encourage me to check out Clubhouse and see what that is. But... It's it's a thing. I mean, you could build a little niche in there, apparently. All right. I'll have um, to look into pe- it. It's people. I, let me warn you about this, about Clubhouse, because I didn't know this is how it worked. Somebody sent me an invite. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so I like click like open and this guy's talking and he's like, Hey, can you hear me? And I'm just sitting on the couch with my family watching modern family. And I'm like, can you hear me? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, don't you know how this works? And I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) What what have I entered into? I felt like so (laughs) intruded upon. (laughs) So that'll happen when you first get in there. The person that like lets you in, can hear you and like talk to you and um there's no like text messaging in there so it's uh it's kind of it's scary it's a terrifying experience <laughs> well now i'm forewarned and i appreciate I'm that glad, i'm glad that i i'd probably do the same thing like is, are you talking to me 
Someone should pay me for this advertisement. (laughs) (laughs) If I get a sponsorship, I'll let you know. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and to share with the listeners. I know uh, your story and your experience will resonate with so many people. And I hope that um, it inspires some people to reach out and you guys can take action on your ideas for, for continuing to grow and improve our profession. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Of course. Awesome. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and gained some insight. I so appreciated Alicia's recognition at the beginning of her initial, as she says, ignorance towards um, the diagnosis of ADHD and now her ability to relate to the experience, how it has impacted her and both professionally and personally. So, and also, as I said in this interview, um, I love that she emphasizes how there are challenges that come with you know, such a diagnosis, but there are also lots of strengths that come with it and both deserve to be recognized. So if you are listening to this episode and feel that you've had some of the similar experiences to Alicia, I hope this empowers you to know that you're not alone in your experience. Uh, of course, as I said before, if you are interested in collaborating with Leisha on you know, documentation or for reimbursement or other ideas that we discussed in this episode, you can find her contact information in the show notes. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, the best way to do that is to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Um, and please consider leaving us a rating and review. Those help the show so much and I appreciate them. I would love to be able to read some more ratings on or reviews on the back ends of episodes and create a dialogue. If you're interested in having a conversation or starting a conversation about one of the show topics, you can do so on our Facebook group. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles on Facebook and on Instagram, which is, um, probably the best way to stay the most up-to-date, if that makes sense. (laughs) Over on Instagram, I post headshots of the guests, quotes from the show, um, key takeaways, and tangible action steps you can take. So lots of awesome content over there. If you're interested in um, asking questions to future guests, you can do that by becoming a patron on patreon.com. And to know who the upcoming guests are, you can be on Patreon, or you can join our newsletter, which is accessible on our website at musictherapychronicles.com. And lastly, if you're interested in earning continuing education credits as a music therapist for the time you have spent listening to the show, you can check out our pod courses over on MT Podcast Collective. Uh, that's online and on social media where Kate, Shannon, and I and future uh, coming up, we have more collaborators are creating podcast-based courses so that you can earn CMTEs for listening to the show. We have lots more exciting offerings coming up over there. So definitely check out MT Podcast Collective to stay up to date on all those things as well. And if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to hello 
at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed this whole conversation with Alicia and are feeling inspired to explore your strengths and um, those of others as well. Our quote this week comes from Robin Conley Downs, and it reads, You have so much to offer as the person you are right now. Mm-hmm.